BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. I'm Stassi Schroeder-Clark. Let's do this. Dracaris, bitches. It's the end of 2022. Side note, um, we're, we're filming this right now um, for Patreon. So like you can watch this on Patreon, but I'm doing a solo podcast and I like don't know where to look. So this is the first time I've ever filmed a solo podcast. So like I have two cameras in front of me in case like we need to like, you know, do editing magic because I might need to pause. I have Lo in the corner of the room. I told her to get a microphone in it because I might need to talk to her a little bit. Solo podcasts are difficult. Like you just feel like you're talking to space. Anyway, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what what camera I'm going to look into. I'm just going to I'm going to let my my mind be free. Free flow talk, stream of consciousness, but not really because I made an outline. Anyway, yes. So this is the last podcast episode of 2022, and I felt like I wanted to do this one by myself, no guests because well, I'm a little sentimental, you know, and I'm so thankful that I have this podcast back and it's been so fucking fun connecting with everyone again. And it's just been a really great year. Like 2022 was personally (laughs) great for me. I know like a lot of people are like, the world is falling apart. Everything's burning down. I couldn't possibly bring children into a world like this. Like, I hear you. I hear you. Parts of parts of the world. I yes. But in my little bubble, that is my family and my home and the people that are closest to me, it was it was a good year for me. And uh, I feel like I want to just talk a little bit about that. Do like my top five favorite moments from 2022. Um, Kind of like maybe some uh, what I've learned and then what I look forward to in 2023. I don't do resolutions. So we're not going to go there. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking more like hopes dreams, manifesting shit. Like if I could plan out what my life looked like in 2023, that's what I mean. Again, no resolutions, depriving yourself, just like 
isn't my favorite. And then you fail at it within like two weeks and then you just feel worse about yourself. And so it's like, God, this year came, went off like shitty ass start. So no. Anyway, so let's get into this because I listed five, my top five. The first one being the Medicis. No, I'm kidding. I really did actually want to put that on my list. Um, Lo said no. <laughs> I I think it, I I don't know if if y'all are sick of hearing me talk about the Medici's, but Lo is. So because she's in this room with me right now, I'm just gonna we're we're not gonna talk about it. Maybe okay. Maybe at the end of the podcast, I'll sneak something else in. But she's shaking her head, so maybe not. Okay. My top favorite moment of 2022, obviously, getting married in Rome. But I think that it would be better to like get really specific about what that moment was. And I, you know, I've talked at length about our wedding on the other podcast, The Good, The Bad, The Baby, but I haven't really talked about it on Straight Up With Stassi. Um, There was a time, there was actually quite many, many months where we weren't even sure we were going to be able to pull off our wedding because the wedding that we had planned for when we started planning in 2019, that was, you know, going to be on Vanderpump rules. It was going to be, I think like 150 guests. There was so much more to it. And then, you know, life changed in 2020. I lost most of my jobs. I lost all my representation. I was pregnant and I had just bought a house and I had no idea like what my future was going to look like, what I was going to be able to do. Like it, I, I felt really lost. And again, it, I lost all of these things because of decisions that I made that got me there. So this isn't like poor me. Like, it's just like, you know, everyone gets punished once in a while. Everyone need ever everyone needs to take accountability for their shit. And but that doesn't mean that it wasn't hard going through it. Um, but with all of that, we still had this wedding that was supposed to happen. And it was supposed to happen in October, 2020. Obviously that, no, no one, that wasn't going to happen because COVID. And then we kept pushing it and we had already paid like a good, a good amount of money towards this wedding. Like not, I wouldn't say even half, but like a good amount that you're like, I can't just like forfeit all of that. And there were so many days that me and Bo sat just debating and talking about whether we should still have this wedding in Rome. And I would sob and cry through every one of those conversations because I didn't know if we would be able to to afford it and to pull it off because everything in, in our lives looked so different at that time. And we also wanted to be responsible because like we have a baby and like a family. So like we can't just like go like spending every last cent on a wedding like there's a child to take care of. So after months and months of debating whether we could even get it done, we decided, yeah, like 
we can do it, but we're just going to do it differently. We're going to cut the guest list to around like 30 people, you know, just the closest people to us. And we're, you know, not going to ask for like the best of the best and everything. It's not going to be as grand as it was, but it was important to me and Bo because we never got to say our vows. Like, yes, we got married in um, Katie and Tom's backyard, but it was like, no one knew about it. And we literally didn't say vows. And it was also at my baby shower. It was a twofer. We literally had a twofer wedding, a baby shower. Then we like signed some documents just to be legally married. So like not like an actual wedding. There was no romance to it. And so Bo and I were like, we we have to do something that is for us to. And also I had already got my wedding dresses. So, you know, I needed to wear them. But after we decided that we were like, also, we have to, you know, we have to still do Rome because one of the things that bonded Bo and I together when we first started dating and something that's like a huge threat in our relationship is that we both love traveling throughout Europe. And and that is like that's something that like Bo and I are our best selves when we're in Italy or Germany or France, wherever. There's just something about all of the history in Europe and and the charming streets and the architecture and the way of life and the food and the people, even though like, yes, there are a bunch of different countries in Europe, but there's, there's something that we just love about all of it. And we had to just get married there. We had to. And again, I didn't know if we would be able to pull it off, but we did. And it was the two weeks that we spent in Europe were the best two weeks of my life. And having Hartford there just like, fuck, made it just like, I can't imagine getting married without my baby. Like people get married before babies, (laughs) but then your kids can't come. That's sad. They're going to look back at your photos and have FOMO. (laughs) They're going to say, why wasn't I invited to that? Hartford won't (laughs) because she was there. And it was just so, so magical. But there was a a moment where like I really actually I took it in the whole entire time. Like, let me just like be clear about that. Like I went into this wedding. We left to get on the plane. And I'm like, I'm not going to think about anyone else but myself, my husband and my kid. I don't care if other people are having a good time. I don't care if like whatever is going on around us, it doesn't matter. Like this is about us. We've been (laughs) stuck in the house, like fired from a lot of jobs, just like scared to leave for a really long time. And let's go celebrate our love right now and only care about us. Be selfish as fuck. And in doing that, that like gave me the best experience because I wasn't thinking about, oh, well, I should go do this. And I, you know, I should go hang out with these people or I should, you know, be up and doing whatever. Like, no, I just literally did what I wanted to do and what Bo wanted to do the whole entire trip. And it just made for the most wonderful experience. But the day of our wedding, um, again, I was really selfish. I, I didn't really like I'm like, I want to just like be by myself in my hotel room the day of our wedding. I need some alone time. I want to reflect on like my life, on 
bow on our family and eat some food, some breakfast, like have an Aperol spritz or two or three and just like really enjoy. Because if I would have been filming Vanderpump Rules, if I would have been filming our wedding, and I've talked to my producers about this because some of our producers were at our wedding, I was like, I wouldn't, this day wouldn't have been anything like what it is because I would have had to have like all my bridesmaids in my room, getting ready, talking about with, you know, talking about whatever was going on in the season, whoever's fighting with who. And then I'd have to be ready at this time in order to like go film this, get mic'd up, do a walk up to go like film with this person. And it wouldn't have been what I wanted. And so to be able to just like be alone with myself the day of our wedding, it was to look out the window, like open the windows and see the fucking city of Rome. Like it just, it was everything that I wanted for myself and everything throughout that whole day just like went seamlessly and perfectly. Like Bo and I did our first look, magical. Went to the location. I mean, I, I did end up having like Katie and Taylor and Lo eventually came to my room. Like my mom, like people eventually came to my room. I wasn't like in solitude the whole day of my wedding. I just like had a morning of alone time. And then like, okay, some people you, but like also I didn't make it so that like it was a plan. Like you don't have to come if you don't want to. Like if somebody wants to pop by, great. Like this is chill. I'm a chill bride and don't you forget it. That was the vibe. But the rest of the wedding just went perfectly. It was fucking great. It was magical. It like it didn't feel like a picnic in SoFi Stadium, which is what Bo and I were worried about since we cut the guest list so low. We were like, we have this giant location, but like not a lot of people that we're inviting. It's gonna feel like a picnic in SoFi Stadium. It didn't. It literally didn't. It felt like I just owned a palace and I was throwing a dinner party. <laughs> And like, that's fucking goals. But after that, one of my best friends in the world, Alex Stafford, she had said, she was like, her parents were also there for the wedding. We grew up together in New Orleans. And she's like, well, we have this like insane hotel room. Like, it's a suite. It's awesome. Like, why don't we have the after party um, there? And I'm like, at first, at first when I heard it, I'm like thinking like, you know, normal suite, like, a two bedroom suite with like a living room area. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's, that's fine. Like, I don't really like have like after party plans. I'm not really like the after party type, but it is my wedding. I probably just shouldn't go to bed, but like, sure, whatever. Then I saw a video of this fucking suite. It wasn't a suite. It was High Clare Castle, like literally Downton Abbey. It was like a whole floor, a whole floor her family had with multiple bedrooms. It looked like, I swear to God, it looked like whoever was the richest person on the Titanic, it looked like they lived there. And it was, what, what, oh, I wrote down the hotel, the hotel, the Weston Excelsior, because like, if you're ever going to Rome, go there, go there. It is like this neoclassical, like old world hotel. You feel like you're in history. It is like a Roman dream. It's, it's everything that you would imagine if you're somebody who's into that shit. Now, if you're, if you like more of a, a modern, clean vibe, well, like the hotel is clean. I don't know why I said that. I mean, like clean lines, 
that's what I meant. Then this isn't for you. If you like character and architecture, like old architecture and just history, I mean, this floor, because I'm not going to say room, had a library in it, private library. And I was going through the books after I got married. It's like after the wedding, we all barrel into, I think we say barrel in. No, you can't even barrel into this place because it's so big. We get into this room and there is a library and I'm going through all the old books. And these books are from the 1800s, like literally. And I asked someone, can someone steal one for me? Because this is ridiculous. This is so cool. And I just like, I'm not like a, I'm not thefty. I don't like, I get too much anxiety. I just don't think I could ever steal something. But if someone did on my behalf, I wouldn't be mad. And a lot of people were like, okay, I'll do it for you. After the wedding, no one, I never saw a book again. So everyone dropped the ball on that one. But besides the library, there, the whole, the whole room, like, it had a, a, what do you call it? Balcony, patio, giant terrace. Like none of those words even do it justice that wrapped around. So like we could just stand out there overlooking the city. This was an impromptu after party. Alex's parents had so much like wine and food brought in. There was even a seance, seance going on at the end of the after party. I'm not joking because the main living room in this room was like a fucking ballroom. And there was like a round table under a neoclassical dome. And at the end of the night, I looked over and I saw people doing a seance, some of my guests. Um, and I just felt like it was so on brand, but, um, I think it was at that moment, you know, if I had to choose just one that, I looked at every single person that was there and I just thought, oh, wow, like I love every single one of these people and they came out here for me and Bo and we all made this happen and we've had the best fucking time and everyone's just been so cool and fun and loving and warm and welcoming of everyone else. And it was just the greatest group of people. And I felt truly fucking hashtag blessed that everything turned out the way it did. So to go from being like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pull off a wedding to having the best, dare I say, most iconic Roman wedding ever. Like, lucky. I'm really lucky. And Hartford got to be there. So like, what the fuck? Just magical. I could talk about that for honestly, like six more hours. I just realized I've talked for almost 20 minutes about just number one. So I'm going to move on. Um, but if you want to hear every fucking detail about our wedding, you can go listen on the good, the bad, the baby, because Bo and I did probably about five like podcast episodes about that whole trip with every detail. I mean, no stone was left unturned. What does that even mean? What is no stone was left unturned? Why were people turning stones? Because they're looking for something. And you, but who looks under stones? I don't know. Who hides don't, things under stones? I don't stones? think that was the right metaphor. Maybe try a different one. <clears throat> okay. No detail was left out. There you go. <laughs> Literally, no detail was left out. Not a metaphor, but like you get it. Okay. So moving on to my second 
yeah, I'd say this was this isn't in particular in any particular order, but like this one kind of feels like it was no, it's not second, but I'm still saying it anyway. <laughs> um now one might think I might say when my book Off with My Head got onto the New York Times list, but that isn't the moment that like sticks out the most that was the most precious to me. It was the day that I announced the book in January on my Instagram that it was even like in existence and that you could pre-order it. And that day was such a special day because again, you know, after I was canceled, (laughs) I didn't know if I would ever work again. I didn't know how people felt about me. I, I didn't know if if I belonged to in to do this anymore. And I have never been so nervous in my life than I was the day that we announced the book. And everything went wrong at first. You guys, like literally everything went wrong. At first, at first the year started off great because 22 is my lucky number. I changed all my passwords to things. So like if you try to like hack anything of mine... 22 is not in there anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, I do want to talk about this, but I can't give away. Okay. So you can't find, you can't figure anything out. Anyway, it started off great. We had this, I had this photo shoot to get new photos taken because I needed to update photos that I had of myself. And it was like the address, was it like 2022 a something? I kept seeing the number 22 everywhere. And so it felt like I was just getting little signs that like life was going to be okay. Life was going to be okay. And I had taken off a year. I had decided that I didn't want to try and do anything. I didn't want to try and work. I didn't want to put myself out there until after Hartford's first birthday. So once Hartford was born, I'm like, I want to just really enjoy being a mother. I want to try and nail this um, family thing that I've, you know, helped create. And I want to do that in peace. Like I I don't want to be, I don't want to spend any part of Hartford's first year stressed about what trolls are writing me or what articles are being written about, you know, whether I suck or not. I just, I wanted to just enjoy being a mom. So after Hartford turned one, I'm like, okay, we can announce the book. And we were supposed to do it at, it was supposed to be announced at like 10 a.m. So like the whole week leading up to it, like I could not eat, couldn't eat, couldn't function. I was so nervous. I had no idea if people were going to, you know, see that I was releasing this book and be like, get the fuck out of here. We still don't want you. I had no idea, truly. So like my whole life was riding on this one day. And the day came and I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up like a little bit later at like eight. Okay. So I only have two hours to like torture myself and be nervous. And then, you know, I was texting with Lo. I'm like, when am I, when can we post it? When can we post it? And she's like, how do you say this? How do you, what's the lingo? The information hadn't populated on Amazon yet. Do people know what that means? The cover picture and the description and all that stuff. 
they hadn't, they weren't on the Amazon page yet. It was just a blank page with the correct title and a button to buy. So I guess you could have yeah. sent people there, but it would have looked really looked unprofessional. Really unprofessional. Yeah. So I guess this is a thing that happens when like you release it out to the cloud. It takes like a long time to get up on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all the things. And it was supposed to be done by 10 a.m. My publishers had said, I'll be able to post at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. came and went. 10.30 came and went. 11, 11.30, 12. Uh, the whole day pretty much was coming and going. And I spent it in Hartford's ball pit with blankies all over me, just being like, I, I need, I, I'm shaking. I'm nervous. I feel like I'm going to poop my pants or shit out my heart. I have no idea, but like, this is not a way to live. I mean, I was just like, I, I, I can't even begin to explain how nervous. And then finally at, I believe it was 3.22 PM, Lowe's like, it's populated. Okay. It's on the website. You can press post. That way, is that what it is on on Instagram? It's called post share. Share. You can press share, and uh, I did, and I sat there just going through all of the comments like a mad woman, obsessive, just like seeing, okay, how much hate versus how much love versus how much just like I don't give a fuck about this book. Am I gonna get and I sobbed for like a good few hours because I I don't even know how to explain it. Like all I kept seeing was support and positivity in everyone's comments. It's like everyone who was who was paying attention to me like recognized that I had taken accountability. I have worked on myself. I've tried really hard to like to right the wrongs and and the mistakes that I've made in my past. And it was, it was almost like, they're like, okay, you can come out now. And that's what it felt like. It felt like I had a new lease on life. Like I had an opportunity to keep working. I had an opportunity to still be here because I didn't know if I was like worthy of being here. And I don't mean like life in general, like we're all worthy of living just like, in this this world of like this Los An in Los Angeles in the entertainment industry and in the podcast world and like what I've been doing and what I worked for for so long, I didn't know if I was worthy of being here, and I will never forget that day because it 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 was great <laughs> and it was just so everyone was just receiving the news of a book so well and I felt like cared about for the cared about in a way like that's like meaningful that like the way you want like your family to care about you that type of care I've like felt that through the comments on Instagram like I didn't feel alone and I mean it was great and Lo came over Katie and Schwartz came over and we had Aperol spritzes and Hartford and Bo and we just like celebrated that my life wasn't over just yet. And I think that moment will stand out for the rest of my life. Of course, like it was so much fun and, and huge to make like a New York Times list and to go do a book tour again and meet so many of you and do, you know, 
Claudia and Jackie's podcast. And like, that was great. But truly the, the moment that I will never forget is announcing the book and realizing that I'm not dead yet. <laughs> really? Okay. Enough gush. I have, I have a, I have a shallow one. Again, these aren't in order. Um, I don't think it's shallow actually. It's changed my life. <laughs> you guys, I embraced denim this year for real. Before 2021, I never wore jeans. <laughs> like they were always so uncomfortable. Like they dig into your skin. It's like they don't fit right. My ass always looks flat. It's just like, ugh, I could never make jeans work. Like, yeah, I had your like standard basic bitch stretch denim skinny jeans, but like they, they, I didn't wear them very often. This year, January 2022, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try. Look what I've accomplished so far. You know, I've grown, I've learned, I've matured, and I think it's time to give denim another try. And this time, I'm not going to do stretch denim. No. I'm going to do your standard normal was that non-stretch rigid rigid denim. And let me tell you, changed my life. I didn't realize that rigid denim is actually the way to go. Like, because it smooths everything out. I always thought that you had to have stretch denim, that like that was going to be the most flattering. But no, stretch denim doesn't smooth anything. It's the rigid denim. And once I discovered that, oh my God, a whole, a whole new, like, cornucopia of outfits were introduced into my life. Like I could wear so many more things because you you can wear anything with denim. You could dress it down. You could dress it up. You could wear it with loafers. You can wear them with sparkly heels. You can wear them with boots. You can wear them with ballet flats. You can wear them with slide sandals, like with a button up, with a tank top, with a blouse, with a blazer. I sound like cat in the hat. <laughs> But really, it changed my life. And now I wear denim all the time. My favorite denim that I found, just in case anyone gives a shit, is just like your standard classic Levi's. Like that's those are my favorite jeans to wear. I am very much open to anyone um, giving me alternatives, though, because I would like to try different brands, different designers. Like I, I, I want to know what the good stuff is. I just like found Levi's and I'm like, I think I'm sticking with it because I like it. And like, I can't just like go around buying like tens of, of, and however money, whatever jeans. Okay. But highly recommend if you're not already wearing denim, how, how do I even go this long without it? Because my style inspiration, like I take style inspiration the most from like classic styles, you know, like, or Parisian chic, like Parisian women, French women. Denim is one of the biggest staples in their wardrobe. How the fuck did I go so long without knowing that, without realizing that, that no matter what, when you wear denim, you will look timeless and elegant unless like, you know, you're really fucking up the look with some weird shit, but you have the ability to look timeless and elegant with denim wherever you go. It feels good to, to be a denim girly. <laughs> it really does. Okay. All right. This is a big one. This is number four. Again, not in order. Um, 
I could probably cry talking about this one, and I don't know how I'm going to make this one short. Hartford in Paris. All right. After our wedding, one of the places that we went to wasn't a real honeymoon because Hartford was with us, but we didn't want to go any place without her. I was not about to be in a separate country or continent than Hartford. Like, it was just, no, not going to happen. So we decided to take her to Milan to see Bo's family who lives there and then also go to Paris because I've dreamt about taking my daughter to Paris since I fell in love with Paris. Since before I knew I was ever going to have a daughter, I knew that that was a hope and a dream of mine. And then when I found out that I was pregnant with a girl... I mean, I made, I decorated her nursery, like French country chic. There's like a Versailles pillow that I built the whole room around. Like it's, it, that's something that kept me going over the year 2020 is just decorating this French themed nursery for Hartford and daydreaming about what it would be like to take her there one day because Paris and Versailles have such special places in my heart and they're just, my favorite, two of my favorite places to go to. And having Hartford there and going to all of the places that, that I loved so much, but with her, like there was nothing like it. There was even a day, okay? And I mean, don't even get me started on our wardrobe. We like had like kind of matching wardrobe. They weren't like full-blown matching, but they were the same vibe. Like I made sure that our outfits meshed well together you know if she was wearing navy blue white striped dress then I was gonna wear my navy blue button-down vest with my denim Levi's (laughs) like we just looked in sync like without being cheesy if that makes sense um so besides the fashion whatever that was fun to plan for there was this day I think it was the last day we were there we were just walking around the city and we were the Eiffel Tower was like in our line of sight right there and Hartford just started kissing me on the lips like full-blown just grabbing my face and turning my face towards her and kissing me on the lips she probably did it like 28 times we caught it on video thank god Bo caught it on video because like what the fuck if he wouldn't know that would have oh divorce that would have literally been grounds for divorce and I just couldn't believe it I watch that video back all the time because it's it's the Eiffel Tower in the background and it's my baby and she's she's like doesn't just give out kisses she does like now but back then she didn't and for her to just it's like she recognized like she knew she knew we were in her mom's favorite place and that like she could really just make this day the most magical day to ever exist in front of the Eiffel Tower by taking my face and kissing it like 28 times. I will just never forget it. Like one of the best moments of my entire life. But on top of that, not just the like kissing moment, I got to take her to Versailles. I got to take her to Versailles in her outfit. Oh my God, her outfit was so cute. But if you haven't listened to my podcast before, like back in the day, you might not know this, but I have always, ever since I've gone to Versailles, I've felt like I have this weird special connection to it. Like in a past life, I lived there. I I sometimes think that I was a shoe cobbler because I love shoes. And I feel like 
I, that's something that I could see myself being in a past life. It just kind of makes sense. And when every time I've gone to Versailles, like I've, I've gotten emotional. Like I feel overwhelmed with emotion because I just feel so much when I'm there. And I took Hartford there and to walk around all of not even just the palace, like not even just the palace, not even just the hall of mirrors, not even just, you know, the queen's chambers, but the grounds like watching Hartford just frolic through all the greenery, through the queen's hamlet, you know, through all of the things Hartford and I we have a photo in front of the famous portrait of Marie Antoinette. Like, fuck. Like, I, I just, if you knew me really well, you would know how big that was <laughs> to me. I mean, even the photos of Hartford and I just going down the stairs in Versailles. Like, I just think of like Kirsten Dunst in Marie Antoinette and I'm like I was there with my kid I was there with my kid I was there with the person that means the most to me like she is she she was there and we got to experience this together and that was one of the best days of my life so like I could not narrow down Hartford in Paris like to just one moment I mean oh my god I also we took her to so many places like I'm thinking of just like everything taking her to the Louvre and I played the Da Vinci Code soundtrack while we were there because duh you can't go to the Louvre and not play the Da Vinci Code main theme song. We took her everywhere and she really loved to eat fries wherever we go. Fuck, I can't wait to go back. That was just like so amazing. And Marie Antoinette's first kid was a girl. So like it kind of just felt, I don't know, like we were connected in a different dimension. Like we're in two different dimensions, but I felt connected to it. Uh, I'll move on to the next one. No, not gonna lie. I've had a really good year. Just like going back and thinking about all of these memories and these things that have made me so happy is just like life is really all about moments. <laughs> it really is. Like, just think about it. If you like go home tonight and just like write down your five favorite moments from this year and really think about them. Like let yourself really sit in it and think about everything about it. What did you eat? What did you drink? What did it smell like? What were you wearing? Like what was the phone case on your phone? I don't know. Get every single detail. You'd realize that we have so much to be thankful for anyway. Okay. And my fifth and final one, it just recently happened, but I felt like I had to just include it because I had such a magic time with Bo. Um, was our recent trip to Vegas because it was the first time that Bo and I went out of town without Hartford uh, for two nights. And I was obviously really anxious about it because we've never gotten on a plane away from her before. So that shit is so scary. But it ended up being, and I'm also like not, I don't go to clubs. I don't stay out that late. Like, I don't know how to like really hang as well as I used to. I still can hang. Just FYI. I still can hang-ish. Okay. I'm just not the way that I used to. Anyway, when Bo and I went, 
it was like we had good old quality time, like for two days straight, but in a completely different Vegas way. Like we did adult Vegas before we used to go to Vegas all the time before Hartford. And it would be like, okay, you fly in and you like land at like noon or one. And then, you know, the boys were always like normally like we'd be in like groups of friends, like the boys go off and do something. We like have drinks in the hotel room, get ready. Like then there's so much partying. It's like go to this bar, then this bar, then go to this club. And then you like get back at three in the morning and you eat room service. And then you wake up at like noon the next day. That was not how we did Vegas. This was civilized as fuck. And let me tell you, I am not going to do Vegas the old way ever again, because I've realized that like I am, I prefer to party in a civilized manner. Let me explain. Okay. Each day, We'd go to like a really long, nice brunch. And when I tell you the most delicious food, every time we went to a different restaurant, I'm like, this meal's better than the previous one. This meal's better than the previous one. I, I, how have we never had food this good before? I'm like, oh yeah, because we were drunkenly eating room service. We never like made a nice meal a priority on our Vegas list. We did this time. So we would go have brunch, have some cocktails, eat the delicious food. Then we would go back to the hotel room. I'd put on a Hallmark Christmas movie, take a little nappy. Oh, I don't nap. Literally, I don't. Like, even when I try to, like days when I'm just really fatigued or exhausted, I'll go lay down and try to nap. But it's like my brain won't shut off. So I can never actually fall asleep, but like my whole body will be completely still. Like if I spend like 45 minutes trying to nap, my whole body will not move. Not a fucking hair will blow in the air conditioning wind. Like I am fully still. I look like I'm dead, but my brain is racing. (laughs) Even my eyeballs, I feel my eyeballs racing. I've tried listening to... um, meditation shit on Spotify, like something. And I, I, that just ends up frustrating me because they're like, right now you should be feeling blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm behind. I'm behind. I need to catch up. And then I just get more frustrated and more anxious. And then I really can't nap. So I just abandon the whole thing. I napped twice in Vegas. So two brunches, like one on each day, came back to the hotel cuddled with Bo, watched a Hallmark Christmas movie, and I napped. And it was fucking great. And then I would just slowly get up from my nap, still lay in bed. There was no toddler I had to get up to like take care of. So I could just stay in the bed. I could just stay in there. Just stay in it. It it, it was anyone who who's a parent understands that like you don't get to just stay in bed. I did. And it was so fun. I even went to the spa. We had a couple's massage at nine in the morning. We had to set our alarm for 8.15 on vacation in Vegas to get up and go to a couple's massage at nine in the morning. If that's not civilized as fuck, I don't know what is. And so then after our afternoon nap, then I would just like slowly get ready. We'd set up the, set up the self timer so we could take some cute coupley photos of ourselves. And then we'd go to another delicious dinner with just the best food in the world. And after dinner, 
We weren't going clubbing. Fuck no. We went back to the hotel room, cuddled some more, watched some more Hallmark movies, and just drifted off into a sleep by 11.30 p.m. I didn't wake up hungover one time. I was refreshed this whole entire trip, and it was glorious, and I loved it, and I highly fucking recommend to anyone who's going to Vegas who feels like they just like can't hang, or if they want to just do something a little different in Vegas. I will say this, probably what also helped with the hangovers is I just stuck to vodka. Like, um, I didn't have any Aperol spritz. I didn't have any wine. I just had uh, Moscow mules during brunch. There's a lot of sugar in that. So like, I don't even know how that makes sense. But Moscow mules during brunch, and then I'd have two martinis at dinner. And that was it. And then we'd go to bed and again, wake up refreshed. Anyway, but besides the fact that it was just fun and adult like and like just everything I would want a trip to be I got to spend a lot of time with Bo that we haven't been able to do in a really long time and to be in just in a different environment with your partner it just felt like we were kids again what can I say I guess that's the only way I can describe it it's like it was just exciting for it to be us two so those were my top five moments of 2022. Um, now I'm going to talk about what I hope for 2023. It's not going to be that long. Like I don't need to go into like major detail, but I will say there's, I, I, I want to wrap up my favorite moments with something that like, I feel like I really settled into and learned this year. And it's like kind of hard to explain because like it can spider out into so many different things but I feel like in 2022 I like I I learned to have a lot of peace in living a slower life and when I say like having peace in it it doesn't mean like oh I'm settling for it like I'm settling to be happy in a slower life I learned that I love a slower life And I learned that I don't have to do things I don't want to do. Like, I don't have to go to certain places if I don't want to. I don't have to hang around people that don't, you know, bring joy or happiness or like, you know, if somebody is more work than they they are love, like, I don't need to be around that. I can just say no. I can choose to just do things that that benefit me and my family's like mental and emotional health. And I think because I was on Vanderpump Rules for so long and I spent most of my 20s on a reality show, I thought that like, you know, that just be it became my life that I was forced to be around people even when we were fighting or people that I didn't like. And that's not to say I don't like the people on Vanderpump Rules. A lot of them are best friends or some of my closest friends, but it was a different type of life to be like, oh, well, I have to do this. I have to go to this place with all these people, talk about these things, put myself in this situation, dramatic as fuck all the time. And, you know, after Van, you know, Bravo or who universe, whatever, after I was let go, you know, it was a, a crazy transition to be like, my life has been one way for so long. And now it's, it's, it's done a complete 180. And in 2022, I realized, 
oh, wait, but I love this. Like, I love my life the way that it is. And there's like, there's so much power in just, just saying no. <laughs> like, there's so much, like, you have the ability to make yourself happy by just saying no. Like, why do I need to go hang out with somebody who like constantly shits on me in other podcasts? Why do I have to do that? Why? Because people on Instagram are leaving comments being like, why don't you hang out with this person anymore? Because I don't want to. <laughs> because this person doesn't bring joy. And this person, like, I don't know, we've, we've outgrown each other. And that's allowed. I'd prefer to just like be alone in my house with my family than be around people that aren't bringing love into the friendship. And I think that that's like, you know, if you had to have a word for a year, maybe peace was my word because I crave peace on a regular basis now. And I make decisions. Every decision I make is based off of like, will, do I still get to live in peace <laughs> like this? Like if I do this, will my life still remain peaceful the way that it is? If I go here, will that still be peaceful? Like I just want to be at peace and remain happy. And those are just, those, those are two of the most important things to me now. Okay, now let's look towards 2023. Not as good of numbers as 22, but you know, whatever. It's 22 plus one and everyone wants to be number one in life. So I'm going to say 2023 is going to be great. This is what is on my manifest board in my head. Okay, what I want to do, I want to finish book number three. I don't know how much I should talk about it because I don't want to give away the ideas. So just trust. I have a very clear, it's, it's very, it's a completely, it's a basic bitch hand guy. It's still that, but like there is the message is it's very clear and different. But I can't say too much. Just know I'm working on it. Just know I'm working on it. Um, the main thing I hope for in 2023 is I really want to have a baby. It took me a little while to get here because I was really scared about, I always knew I wanted a big family, as big of a family as I am able to have. I know that I want as many kids as I can have, you know, I, you never know like what you're going to be blessed with or how things are going to work out. But I was scared to have another one because I feel like I was just getting like my life back, if that makes sense. I think because everything that happened in 2020, I was pregnant during it. It just feels like I, my own life didn't matter anymore. And to release my book, re-release this podcast, get married, travel, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I am a person too. I'm not just a mom. Like I, I have that part of me back. I am, I am me. <laughs> I am. Stasi matters too. And so I was scared to get pregnant again for a while. I wish that it didn't take me that long because I didn't realize it. You know, might take. It takes a while to get pregnant. And um, I, we're at the point where I want that more than anything in the world anything in the world. Now you might be asking, where is this baby going to live? Because we don't have any extra rooms anymore. Well, I am selfless. 
And I'm just going to have to get rid of my glorious closet room. Y'all, I don't know if you've seen it in my Instagram stories, but I have a closet room. Literally, one of, one of our guest rooms, or like the, the extra rooms, I turned into my closet and it's beautiful. And it's, I've wanted something like this my whole life. And it felt like such a personal accomplishment for me to be able to do that for myself. Like to just be like, wow, I worked hard and I was able to make a fucking closet room. And let me just say the reason why we need a closet room is because our house, it was built in like 1926. So back then the closets were always really small. Like they don't have, there is no, there are no big closets in this house. They're all tiny little ones. So I needed a place to put things and hence my closet room and it's glorious and beautiful and I'm going to have to get rid of it uh, because a baby is more important than shoes and clothes. Now, where am I going to put all of this stuff? I don't know. Maybe a she shed on my deck. I literally have no idea where I'm going to put all of my clothes and my belongings because we're, I'm home renovation, going to turn that into a nursery if I am blessed enough to get pregnant again. So that'll be cool. You know, you lose one thing, but you gain another. <laughs> um, other things I want to do, I want to just keep growing this podcast back, like, Again, kind of like with a book, I didn't know that if I, you know, when I restarted this podcast again, if people would still care, if people would still want to listen, if people still identified as Khaleesi's, I, I wasn't sure. And it's like, it's just been emotional and fucking awesome to do this podcast again. And I just hope that I can keep going and and make it better than it was before. But to round out my 2023 hopes list, I'd really like to make it to Florence. Not just because of Medici's. Okay. Not just because of Medici's. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many times have we talked about with Bo after when we got back from Europe that we were like, we need to spend three months out of the year in Italy. Like that is where Bo and I are the happiest. I want Hartford to like her, Bo's side of the family lives in a lot of that side lives in Italy. And I want her to experience that part of her heritage. And I want her to know the culture and I want her to experience all that. And also I just fucking crave being outside around old shit around nature give me um an old house built in like you know the 17th century on a fucking vineyard that's you know i would just even if there's no electricity i'd like to go do that in italy but if i can't go spend 3 months out of the year in italy i would at least like to make it to florence because the medici's <laughs> And now I'm just fascinated with the Italian Renaissance and I want to learn everything there is to know about it. And I just can't believe that I didn't know about it before. I mean, and every time I bring it up, people respond and they're like, uh, Florence is like literally one of the best cities in the world. Like, how have you not been there? Oh my God. It's like more beautiful than Rome. It's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? No one told me. No one told me this before. And that is just something I really hope to do. I'm going to make that a motherfucking priority. 
So like that's on my manifest board. Those are the things I really hope for for next year. Um, obviously, it's like a, it's not like written in stone and, and things change. Like my my wants and dreams and desires change and shift depending on what's going on in my life. So like, who knows? I might add to it. I might take something off. I like it's everything comes in waves. Um, but that's it. And I just want to thank you guys for coming back to listen to Straight Up with Stassi to for being here. It has meant fucking everything to me. And I hope that everyone has a wonderful New Year's, a glorious start to 2023. Let's put out good vibes. Good vibes only. Thank you guys. 